This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Five points out of first place in the Metropolitan Division. After a 6-1 victory over the New York Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes trailing those New York Rangers by only a handful of points. Andrei Svechnikov with a pair of goals, his fifth straight multi-point game. Safe to say that he's back. And Pyotr Kochetkov with a 28-save performance was outstanding as well. And a really nice box out of Barclay Goodrow as well. Have we mentioned that he's not shy about being frisky in and around the net? Ask Brad Marchand uh, what that's all about. Uh, in his last nine, 6-1-2 and two with a 9.34 save percentage. The Carolina Hurricanes, ladies and gentlemen, are back like a vertebrae. Corey Lavalette knows that. Uh, he joins me now. When we talk about Canes, we talk to him. Corey, how are you, pal? Hey, Jeff. Nice to see you. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. What did you, first of all, before we go over like the last few games from the Carolina Hurricanes and drill down on a couple of players, I want to park some time to talk about Brady Shea, who very quietly is having an outstanding season for the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll get the Kachetkov, et cetera. What did you make of last night? Like last night, it seems like that was Carolina was prepared to and delivered a major statement in that division. Well, I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the power play, which, um, has been oft criticized in the Rod Brindamore era, I would say, uh, in these parts. Yeah. And to, to score twice uh, early and really kind of set a tone. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't think that they played a, you know, overall a great game through 40 minutes, but that third period, they kind of did the old step on their neck thing. And, um, you know, Pyotr Kachetkov is giving them a ton of confidence. I know, I know you're thrilled about that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And it's, and it's just been a, you know, uh, I, I'm working on a piece for the athletic and the theme is this too shall pass. And there've been so many worries um, this year about, uh, you know, the hurricanes power play and goaltending and what's wrong with the defense. And uh, is Andre Svechnikov going to come back with what's wrong with the penalty kill? Where's the power play? And, you know, this too shall pass. The hurricanes are, I think back now, they're not going to continue to be like 40% on the power play. So, you know, this too shall pass is a, uh, it goes both ways. I don't think everything's <laughs> going continue to continue to go perfectly. Um, but that said, um, it's a team that's found its, it's found its mojo for sure. Here's the thing though. Like I, I grew up in Toronto. I've pretty much, you know, lived in and around this area for the majority of my life. Please don't tell me that any, everybody in and around the Carolina hurricanes are now, turning into the Maple Leafs and that they have the complete inability to enjoy anything because they've been false started so many different times to start the race that they just don't believe good things when they get them now. Is that where Carolina is at? And does everybody realize that there's no such thing as the perfect hockey team? You know, I don't think that's the case. I think now that things are going well, people are like, there they are. They realize like this is the team that they expected. Uh It might be a little more of uh, after a decade of not going to the playoffs and seeing season after season of just mediocre middle of the road play that now that they've had some success that uh, maybe you just need to uh, realize things aren't always going to go the way you want them to go. Uh, Rod Brindamore is the biggest proponent in the world of, uh, you know, win the day. And it's funny. Anytime somebody gets injured, Rod will always say things like he's out a long time. To Rod, a long time is like the end of next week. 
He doesn't, I don't think we, us in the media around here kind of joke, he doesn't have a perception of, of time because he, he really, he never comes out and says, oh, he's out three weeks. He's out. It's always, always out a long time. And then two days later, they're on the ice practicing in a regular jersey. <laughs> but uh, hang on, Corey, for once, like, I think that all coaches think that way. Like to all coaches, I mean, every game is, is humongous, right? So to them, like, okay, they're going to miss three games. We may look at that and shrug and go, ah, oh, cost of doing business. You're a hockey player. You're going to miss games along the way. I think to a coach, like, that is a long time. Like when every game, when every game means as much as it does to a coach, I think something like two or three games is a long time to a. I don't think that that's unique to Rod Brindamore. Do you? I, I mean, he take. I mean, he takes it to extremes. I think <laughs> just just being around him, it's uh, <laughs> you can't really even mention a mention a trend to him. We we can't talk about you know how good has Sebastian Ajo and how good has Andrei Svechnikov been. Because he's not really interested in talking about that. He, he'll say, oh, yeah, they've been good. However, it's about what you do tomorrow. And uh, he's not, I, I think, behind the scenes, there's praise, I think, and you're doing this right. It's, it's not a whole lot of criticism when things are going right. But um, but he's really, uh, you know, he's about that next workout, you know, to no surprise. <laughs> that, okay, so you know what? That, that's funny, Corey, because I can recall, I think it was two years ago, um, I had Rod on and I was mentioning something about Sebastian Ajo, something he had done well or that he had done consistently well for a couple of games in a row, maybe two or three. I can't remember what it was specifically. And like essentially I was, you know, shining up Sebastian Ajo for the coach to get his thoughts. And the first thing he came back with was, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. And then moved on to just sort of say like all the things that were, <laughs> that Aho still needed to work on. Uh, he's been real good. Uh, I do want to get to Svechnikov because you and I have talked about him countless times. You know how I feel about Svechnikov. And, uh, you know, uh, an, another, you know, pair last night, another multi-point game from Andre Svechnikov's fifth, uh, fifth in a row. He's back. I mean, how many questions does that answer? How much easier does it make Don Waddell's job if Svechnikov stays healthy and keeps performing? He's not going to keep performing at this level, but something close to this level. Well, he's a, he's one of the, the unicorns in the league, right? A, a true power forward in an era where there, there aren't many. Now, yes. those guys generally don't necessarily fight anymore, and that's not really his forte, though he has gotten in a couple um, but the physicality just, uh, I think I looked it up the other day and out of, uh, everybody in the league, I think only he and JT Miller are, are averaging two hits a game and also close to a point a game. Svechnikov was a little, uh, a little behind that when I looked it up and now obviously he's at a point per game with 23 and 23. Um, and those are the only two mm-hmm. guys, guys like them, like, you know, Brady Kachuk's obviously one of them and. Um, but there's just not a lot of guys like that. And, you know, his, his power is back, his skating power. I mean, we all saw what he did at the all-star game last year and kind of shocked, yes. I think the NHL with just, I mean, we see it on a day-to-day basis, but there was a moment a few games back where he blew by a defenseman. And I asked him after the game, I said, does that give you a little confidence that you're back? And he was like, yeah, you know, like he kind of felt like, mm. oh, I, I can have that little extra push and it's back and um you know he's added a little bit of a one-timer which was maybe a weakness to his game uh, and he scored on it a couple times recently scored on it last night and uh man he is fun fun to watch i mean there there aren't too many players like him oh, anymore yeah. 
uh, uh, he's a handful. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to face a line like that that has the creativity and the, and everything that Aho brings, uh, and and the scoring skill. I mean, we we talk at ends around here about the Hurricanes need a goal scorer. Sebastian Aho has been one of the best goal scorers in the league for years now. It just doesn't get talked about because he doesn't score sixty. He just scores thirty-seven yeah. every year, and nobody talks about it. If uh, if Svechnikov becomes a 35, 40 guy, then oh boy. I just look at him. I think a lot of people feel the same way. Like I just look at Svechnikov and say, how does this guy not get fifty every year? Like when you look at the skill set and you look at the strength and you look at the skating and you look at the shot, like I, I, I and you just made the case yourself. Like I, I look at Svechnikov and like he thirty five goals is hard to score. But to me, I feel like Svechnikov, given the skill set and the opportunity, should score a 35 just by, you know, rolling out of bed and putting his pants on. Like, I just can't get wrap my head around how this guy, and maybe it's health is the, the mitigating factor here, doesn't have 50 goals every year. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely injuries have been an issue. And uh, like I said, on top, like the power play has not been great. Uh, but right now, it's very good. Yeah. It's, top, it's top five in the league. And if you start scoring... Uh, on the power play that I mean it changes the whole dynamic of your entire game um, okay a couple of things in the couple of minutes that I have left with you and it's great to see the Carolina Hurricanes playing like this because when they're playing like this it, it's hard not to speed bump when you're flipping around games like 13 games last night and oh look Carolina's on and they're playing the Rangers this is awesome uh, Brady Shea with another great game for the Carolina Hurricanes and I don't mean to sound surprised when we say Brady Shea had a great game last night for the Carolina Hurricanes because he's done it a lot this year. It's just that when you talk about defensemen on Carolina, I mean, Brent Burns gets a lot of the oxygen and Jacob Slavin gets a lot of the oxygen. We don't talk a lot about Brady Shea, who really quietly is turning in an outstanding season for Carolina, Corey. Good time for him too, right? With his contract up after the year. Uh, he's going to... somebody's that gonna... works. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to make, well, he was really good last year too. Um, but now he's added, yeah. you know, uh, the assists to the, to the, um, to the goals that he had last year. And he's a, he's a dynamic player and he and Brett Pesci, who's also a free agent this year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody who's desperate for defense, go out and try to sign both these guys because, uh, they, I, I think they've played together more than any pairing in the league over the last few years. Uh, and now Brady Shea's playing on that second power play unit. They, you know, have tinkered with the power play. And I keep coming back to the power play, but um, they found some chemistry yeah. on the top unit. And then Brady Shea gets that that job on the second unit, and he's been a great fit. And um, his shot from the top of the left circle, I mean, uh, he, he's uh, he's dangerous uh, from, from over there. Yeah. Uh, let me end on uh, on Kuchetkov, and uh, I had to kind of laugh to myself, uh, and I love Trip Tracy. He's a goaltender uh, defending Kuchetkov, who's boxing out Barkley Goudreau last night behind the net, <laughs> behind the net, and that's like that's just Kuchetkov. Like he doesn't mind mixing it up physically. He doesn't mind getting bumped around. He doesn't mind uh, bumping guys around. Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, we know where Don Waddell was for pretty much the entire season, looking around the goalie market to see what was available. We all understand Frederick Anderson's situation and the anti Ronta situation was a challenging one, knowing how well-liked he is in that room, but the realities of it's a results-oriented business. And through all of it, Kachekov had some good games, had some bad games, but it seems as if he's come out of the speed wobble and he's really got this plane going in the right direction. 
Yeah, I mean, just it's it's been really impressive. And the thing that's impressed me the most is, you know, the Hurricanes hit their low point on that West Coast road trip through through Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, lost all those games and the goaltending wasn't good. And, you know, a lot of question marks. The the most stunning thing to me looking at Kachekov's numbers is his best numbers are on the road. I think he has a 920 save percentage on the road. Uh, you know, his record yeah. might be, might not be great out there, um, but, you know, sub 2.3 goals against and just uh, he's fun to watch, too. Uh, I, I did a story for The Athletic a few weeks back about if I could give one gift to everybody. And my gift for Kachekov was some pine tar because his stick ends up in the corner. <laughs> in, it, it, saved, it, yeah. it, it looked like it we- saved the goal the other day. Uh, just sitting out yeah. in the middle of the spot. <laughs> so uh, he's he's uh, ultra talented. He's big, athletic, uh, just everything you want in a goalie and maybe a little crazy, which I think we can all use in the NHL, so, right? Don't mind crazy goaltenders. Up against the clock, Corey. Thanks, as always, for stopping by, pal. You're the best. Thanks, Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Corey Lavalette uh, covers the Carolina Hurricanes for The Athletic. Time now for Line Change, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook, Bet Local. Here comes Sniffles, Matt Marchese. Everyone plays everyone plays a little bit hurt, but never play injured, Matty. You're a little bit dinged up today, but that's good. I'm a little bit dinged up, yeah, as you can hear my voice. Uh, Maple Leafs at Ducks. The puck line is Maple Leafs minus one and a half. The total has gone over in six of the last seven games between these two teams, and Toronto is eight and two in the last 10 games against yes. Anaheim. Uh, good performance by Martin Jones last night as the Maple Leafs playing the Los Angeles Kings. Just when you thought, like, perhaps, you know, the Maple Leafs are going to lay an egg on the, uh, on the first uh, of this extended road trip, certainly in California. Great game by them. We'll see what happens against the Ducks. But the big question is, will we see the mass goaltender, the largest freestanding goaltender not playing in the NHL, Dennis Hildeby? Just a quick one today, but that's line change for you. Presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Tune into that one tonight on Sportsnet. We're back with Greg Wyshynski in a moment. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, I want to wrap up the program here today by talking about the Florida Panthers on a five-game winning streak. If you thought that last year was just a fluke and they snuck in based on what happened on a random Tuesday between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins and they just wrote a hot goaltender to the final and it won't happen again... Well, guess again. Uh, the Florida Panthers are super legit. They continue their winning ways. A big 4-1 to victory over the Arizona Coyotes last night. Uh, but it was not without its fair share of, as they say across the pond, controversy. George Richards uh, joins me now from Florida Hockey Now. How are you today, George? I'm good. How are you, Jeff? What's going on? Uh, uh, I'm doing well. Happy New Year. Health and happiness in uh, 2024 to you, uh, you, your friends, and certainly your family as well. Um, let me ask you about Nick Cousins. I got to talk to you about yeah. Nick Cousins. It used to be once upon a time that, George, you and I would get together and we'd talk about the Florida Panthers and we'd talk about Barkov. Or in previous years, we'd talk about Huberto. Or we talk about Ekblad. Sure. Then it turned into Kachuk. But now, 
we got to talk about Nick Cousins, who seems to be public enemy number one wherever he goes. You know, after the incident uh, against Columbus, there was a game against Edmonton. Right away, Evander Kane takes a run at Nick Cousins. I don't think that's a coincidence. And then yesterday, uh, Cousins hits Yusuf Alamaki, who's on his knees in front of the boards. And then in comes Jason Zucker. And then in comes Gustav Forsling. The whole thing kicked off by Nick Cousins. What do you think that people should know about Nick Cousins? Well, I mean, I can't defend him for, you know, some of the, you know, some of the hits that he's, he's put on. I mean, you know, he obviously, he wasn't penalized last night for that, that hit. Um, yep. and, and then Zucker comes in with retribution for that. Now, but Zucker shouldn't have done what he did. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree that yeah, Eric Branson should have jumped him the way he did. But, you know, I guess Eric asked if he wanted to go and, and Nick didn't. So Eric just took it into his own hands. Um, but I will tell you this, the players and coaches absolutely love him. Um, he's one of the more popular guys. I mean, if you watched any of the documentary stuff they did last year uh, through the playoffs, um, you know, Nick Cousins became, you know, kind of a breakout star of that. You saw him, you know, with, with, the, with the pucks and all the stuff after the games. He had the big, he had yep. big you know, he had the game five goal against the, the Maple Leafs um, that, you know, Radko Gudis got more oh, yeah. fame or infamy out of <laughs> than the goal itself. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, yep. he's, they love him. And, and, and Paul Maurice loves him, thinks he gives the team a spark. Um, they've moved, you know, he went from being a, a fourth line borderline guy um, last season um, to being, you know, moved up through the lineup. He was on that second line with Kachuk and, and Bennett through the playoffs. Now he's on the third. Um so they're giving him an opportunity um, because he's just a he's a chaos monster. I mean, he just goes out and you know hits people and four checks and hustles and and is real good on pucks. But as far as some of the other stuff, yeah, you wish it uh, you didn't see some of it. It is um, the the thing is the, the 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 Nick Cousins phenomenon to me, and I really do think that it's it's a thing around the Florida Panthers. To me, it is, and you've already, you know, sort of uh, winked at this um, around the team. To me, whether what he has done is right or wrong, irrelevant for the purposes of this conversation. To me, it's the reaction from his teammates. Like Cousins gets, uh, you know, hits Falamaki yesterday. In comes Jason Zucker, and who's there right away uh, to square up with Jason Zucker? But Gustav Forsling. Like we've seen plenty of teams. I always think back to what Anthony Stewart. Uh, who's a former Panther himself, uh, what Anthony Stewart says about teams. Are you a club or are you a team? And we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of teams that say they're a team, but really they're a club. And these moments happen when you have to defend one another or stand up for one another, like regardless of right and wrong and all these sort of ethical dilemmas about should I be doing this, should I not be doing this, at the end of it, are you going to stand up for one another or right or wrong or not? And more times than not, you're seeing his team and his teammates standing up for Nick Cousins. So it's less of a comment on Cousins, and it's more a comment on where this Florida Panthers team is at as a team. Like, they're not a club. They're a team. And here's the question about the team. Two years ago was the all-in year for the Florida Panthers. That didn't work out. Last year, they made it to the Stanley Cup final. Are they even better this year? Yeah, I, I think so. I think this is a legitimate 
contending team. Um, I, I think we said that in 22 as well. Um, and then, you know, you saw what Bill Zito did at the, at the deadline. But, but going back to what you said about Gus Forsling, I mean, he's, he's probably the best defensive defenseman on this team. Never been in an NHL fight. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he took him no right. time to, to jump sucker. You went right after him and, and spent the, the rest of the game, except for the, the, the very end um, in the penalty box. You should have seen the reaction of, from the teammates when he finally got out. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk banging his stick on the, <laughs> on the boards. Uh, hey, welcome back. And then he gets, you know, the, 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 the full, yeah. full ice empty netter to, to cap it off. But, yeah, this team is better than 22. This team is better than last year. Um, just some of the little moves that, that Bill Zito made. We talked at the draft before free agency, um, and this is you know a couple weeks after losing to, to Vegas and having that incredible run. And you're like, okay, well, who you know are you going to resign X, Y, or Z? And he, you know, no, there are some upgrades we want to make, and they felt like they made some upgrades and made the team better without taking away, like you said, that team. Um, they made the club better, also made the team stronger. So, um, yeah, uh, they're, they're legit. I mean, you, they, you know, the games they've won here, I mean, they, they came off a, a rough road trip out west. They went two and three on that five-game trip. They come home, they lose to St. Louis, and then they get right back after it. You know, they beat Vegas, they beat Tampa, um, now they've won five straight going into Vegas tomorrow. Um, you know, they, they've got their heads on straight. They played a perfect a perfect road game last night in, in, in Arizona and, you know, end up getting a 4-1 win. I mean, they just played a, a very strong game, and you never felt – I mean, if Arizona was going to win that game last night, it would have been flukish the way Florida was playing. They were just playing a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you about Sam Reinhart. Uh, what a season he's having, and what a perfect mm-hmm. time to be having this season. As we all know, he's on a on an expiring contract. Uh, is there any chance he's pricing himself out uh, of the Florida Panthers, or do you think that by the end of all of this, somehow, some way, they'll make a they'll they'll find a way to keep him in the mix? He it just seems so important for this team. Yeah, absolutely. But you can see the numbers that he's putting up. And I, you know, we were talking you know, to Bill about this two months ago. Um, and, and that was the case then. And it's only gotten, you know, better for Sam Reinhart's bottom line. This is the first time that Sam Reinhart's going to be a free agent. Um, that probably yeah. plays into it. But what I always think back to is how miserable Sam Reinhart was in Buffalo, not because of Buffalo or anything like that, just because of the way that that team was going. And regardless of what he did, he couldn't pull them out of the mud. Um, And now he's here in Florida and he's playing with Sasha Barkov, not only on the power play, but that's his line mate. Um, It doesn't get much better than that. And um, I just have to think that Sam Reinhart of all people knows that the grass isn't always green or somewhere else. Um, even though you might get more green, um, you know maybe mm. maybe they are able to work something out. Florida's got a lot of lot of lot of things they've got to worry. They've Gus Forsling is a free agent, Brandon Montour is a free agent, and Sam Reinhart is a free agent. The Panthers want to keep everybody. They don't know if they can, but what Bill Zito says is our guys know that they're going to be paid fair, and if they want to, yeah. you know, if they want to keep up as part of this you know, that's how it's going to have to be. So we'll see what happens. Um, but 
the Panthers don't really seem com- concerned about it. And if they, if they, if they are, they're not showing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a there's a number of questions for the future for the Florida Panthers. Like, I'm still curious to see how the goaltending situation shakes itself out. I mean, the big dogs sure. making ten a copy, and that's Sergei Bobrovsky, um, Spencer Knight. You know, the, the 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 goaltender of the future, who's making three and a half, or maybe four a little bit south uh, of that. Yeah, what what is it? Four and a half. He's making four and a half. Only three and a half is counting because a million's being hidden. But yeah, four and a half million for Spencer. <laughs> Okay, so we have that. Oh, that's right, because he's in the American Hockey League. Um, and then you right. have, like, one of the most valuable commodities, if you're the Florida Panthers, you have one of the most valuable commodities in the NHL, and that is the backup goaltender making about a million bucks. You know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day who said, like, look, you know the real MVPs of this league are the backup goalies that make league minimum or just barely above league minimum. And the Florida Panthers have one of those guys. How do you see the goaltending? How do you see the goaltending shaking itself out? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because they love Anthony Stolarz. And, and you, you look at when he gets in there, he's fine. He's great. I mean, he's he's a terrific yeah. backup. You look at his numbers. Um, you know, he, he, that was another thing that Bill Zito said, we want to, we want to upgrade our backup goaltending. And and they, they feel like they did so with Anthony Stolarz. They actively went after him. Um, and, and you look in, and now you see why, I mean, yeah, they could, they could, they could get a lot. I think if they wanted to trade him, cause I think Stolarz might, might be able to start somewhere who knows, but, um, I don't know how things are going to play out. I really don't. I think going into, going into the season, um, we said, okay, Stolarz is going to, you know, going to be the backup to Bob. They're going to Spencer Knight's going to go down yeah. to Charlotte and, and play his way. He needs to play some games. He need, and he's doing that. He's doing very well at Charlotte. He's playing a lot of games. It's great. Um, he still is the goalie of the future. Um, and you know, who knows what happens if, if something happens to, to Bob Spencer would be back up here. If something happens to Anthony, uh, Spencer would be back mm. up here. So I think they're fine with the way things are right now. Um, but as far as next year, yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out. One of the intriguing things here with the uh, with the Florida Panthers. Uh, real quick, uh, I always love talking about this player. I know for all of our listeners in Vancouver right now, they might want to cover their ears. But uh, your thoughts on how Oliver ekman Larson has fit in on this back end? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, he's been a terrific addition. Um, I, I think when he got bought out in June, um, and this isn't just, you know, oh, Florida should sign every, you know, it was just like he seemed like a perfect reclamation project, if yeah. you will. Um, for the, you know, I mean, just because if you, you know, you look at the Panthers' recent history of signing guys like Oliver ekman Larson, it has definitely worked out on both sides for the player and for the club. Um, and, and, you know, he had a conversation with Bill Z a couple conversations and just, you know, he was like, yeah, I, you know, let's get going. And now he's healthy. That's a big thing. He had the foot thing and it, he had the foot injury, um, in Vancouver, um, and, and never really got going last year there. And it just kind of piled on the team. Wasn't, you know, all kinds of things were going on there. Um, and I think he had something to prove. I mean, when you're, when you're part of the biggest buyout in NHL yeah. history, um, that's not something you want to see on the back of your card. Right. So um, you want to prove that you're, you're the player you were. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, Paul Maurice is like, Hey, this guy's an elite defenseman who had some problems, had some injury problems two years ago. He's part of a blockbuster deal. Mm-hmm. 
uh, from Arizona to Vancouver, yeah. and then had some injury problems. Now he's healthy, and now he's he's definitely uh, yeah. playing, you know, playing as well as his contract, and he's going to get paid. Um, I don't know by who or where. Maybe it's here, but he's been terrific. He's you know he's with Montour and Ekblad out. He was playing top pair yeah. minutes. He was running the power play. Those two come back. He he slides down a bit. But his game is still there, so he's been able to adapt. Sure, and uh, he's just along for the ride. He's been great, George. You're great. Uh, thanks as always for stopping by and uh, spreading some love for the Florida Panthers. Appreciate it. There you go. We'll see you later. There he is, the great George Richards. Uh, quick little note: um, Los Angeles Kings uh, calling up Brant Clark, uh, first round pick. Brant Clark comes up. Tobias Bjornfort goes on waivers. Big day for the Clark family because Graham Clark, his brother, has been called up from Utica. Play for the Devils tonight with Timo Meyer out. So, congratulations to the Clark family. I'm back tomorrow.